0: Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Welcome
1: back to the Making Headway Podcast. This is Aaron. And this is Mariah, and
2: I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, uh, Hannah Halverson, who is a member of the U.S. cross-country ski team. Hannah is a friend of friends at this point. We have a Truckee, California connection, and I'm really excited to talk to you today, Hannah, because it sounds like we have very similar brain injury experiences. Um, not too many of us have been hit by cars, so it's nice to meet someone and hopefully you know, connect um, with our stories, and um, so... Thank you so much for joining us today. And why don't we start by jumping right in with your story. How did you wind up on this podcast?
0: (laughs) Yes, I'm happy to be here. It's exciting to meet you and hear more about your story as well and and share. But I'm definitely here by unfortunate circumstances, which I'm sure is the case for many. But in Mm -hmm. November of 2019, I was crossing a street and I was hit by a car at what the police estimate was 25 miles an hour. And I was lucky enough to get on the hood, so I didn't get ran over. So there's the good part. But I did get hit and then um, fall off the car. And that's when I hit my head and had a pretty significant traumatic brain injury and a concussion and several large hematobas, which is... Big like bleedings in my brain, and that has been a long recovery process, and now now we're here,
2: yeah, um, that's pretty much exactly how I sustained my brain injury is on the hood of the car, which was actually not the bad part, the bad part was the the driver braking and the inertia pushing me forward and my
0: head hitting the pavement. It sounds like kind of the same that is wild, yeah, I think that. When I got up on the hood, I had actually just hit my knee because I think I jumped a little bit and the hood kind of... Yeah, me too. To I fractured my knee. <laughs> okay, yes. So I've had knee surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I had to have two ligaments, uh, one replaced and one restructured. And I think that the head injury came from the same. Mine, she didn't break. She kept going. So I was on the hood for maybe 100 meters and then I tumbled off. Oh, wow. Wow. How did Let's she not see. break, right? Like, did she even I, know um, she'd hit you? Yeah. I think cool. that,
2: uh,
0: I think she was just a bit overwhelmed. I mean, you don't expect, so problems, um, <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> good. I don't think it was an act of recklessness. I think she just was so overwhelmed that it took her a second to respond. And yeah, 100 meters yeah. goes fast in a car. It's, not yeah, really much time. But yeah. yeah, maybe that's better than breaking. Cause <laughs> I, I don't know. I do. <laughs> you just keep flying.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I flew. Um, so I don't know, you know, it honestly, neither is, neither is preferable. I'm sure. So, um, so I'm curious, do you have, like, do you remember,
0: um, what happened after that? Do you have a good memory of it? I have nothing, which uh, I think is probably a blessing in disguise. Cause I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of fear or anxiety around cars or anything I don't really remember much from the week before and I don't really remember I don't remember anything from the two weeks after Mm. and vaguely anything from the third week so I lost yeah yeah, it's just like a patch in my life that has been filled in by the people who were there but I have no yeah
2: yeah it's a recurring theme for us is like the level to which we all have had to fill in our own stories using first-hand accounts for sure. So, yeah. So, was your uh, brain injury a subdural hematoma? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, we're twins. Oh we are very (laughs) similar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I'm assuming you were rushed to a hospital. Where were you?
0: What part of the country were you? I was up in Anchorage. Okay. It was actually my boyfriend's birthday. So, we were in town, which we aren't in town very much, but we had gone gone to town for dinner. It was like 7 p.m. And yeah, I was picked up. The police, I think, were maybe there first, and then the ambulance came, and I was taken straight to the ER.
2: Gotcha. Uh Um,
0: So tell us a little about what happened after that. I mean,
2: it seems, I mean, it's, interestingly, this is kind of weird. Your accident was almost exactly a year after mine. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm November 13th, 2018. So it's just really weird timing. uh, That was so weird. I was, yeah, November 1st, 2019. Ah, Yeah, so almost a year. So um, obviously, we've all pieced our memories together a bit. But um, what was your recovery like after that? Um, The ups, the downs, tell us a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, it's... It's cool to be on here because I feel like the lens in which I've told my recovery story has been very knee dominant because mm. that is the limitation to being able to walk and run and I ski raced for a living, so yeah. I obviously couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. there's not as much talk about the head injury, even though it was a lot more severe and a lot more life-threatening than the knee because... Mm-hmm. It's more of like this waiting game. Like they don't really know. They don't do much. They just have had me do scans every so often to see if the bleeding was going down and everything was looking okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't I haven't talked about it much. I think obviously in the beginning, I I lost my memory and then after that, I just slept a ton. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but Oh yeah. Sunday, yeah, Like 18 mm-hmm. to 22 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I get up to eat and that was about it. So that's probably why I don't have much memory because I wasn't really <laughs> doing much. Yeah. 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 And then, so that would be basically the first two months. And then in January, I went to Park City where the US ski team has their center of excellence and they have their doctors and their PTs and their connections. And
1: mm-hmm. so I
0: worked there on... Rehab, which was basically knee rehab, but also checked in with a their neurologist, who's kind of like a sports-centered neurologist who would look at like NBA or NFL concussions, and he clears mm-hmm. them to play. So yeah. he has a little more understanding of where you need to be headwise to be safe to participate in a sport. And he thought I looked good. Um, it was definitely weird all these all the things that come with a head injury, which you understand and from I'm sure people have said weird things on this podcast too it's like I lost <laughs> my sense of smell oh. sense of taste um my eyes would would black out a lot like I just couldn't see it would just be black oh. like a camera shutter like it just closed and then it would go on off on off on off like really fast and then I could see again and I would refocus That's alarming so that was super weird I got one of my big hematomas was in my optical area oh. of my brain. So they think that's probably why. Um, wow. And then, yeah, I can slow down and <laughs> let you interject. I mean, there's just so many different things that come with a head injury. Yeah. There's, there's all the so other well, side effects. All and those symptoms.
1: Fatigue. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, with all those Mm -hmm. symptoms that you were having, was this before you were cleared to go back to skiing or were you able to ski with some of this still occurring?
0: This was all before. I think that it was a good thing that I had had a pretty big knee surgery because that kept me from doing much and I think I probably would have pushed it and rushed it to try to get back in if if it was just my head because it's as you know it's like it's harder for people to see yeah and it's harder sometimes for ourselves to see and so I think I actually took a good bit of time like very careful because of that mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah I was gonna say it's I mean it makes total sense that people were focused on your knee because they were probably very concerned about your career and how that would continue. Um, but it's also really strange because, like, it's one thing to have a functioning body, but you can't really – even if your brain was really functional – I mean, if your knee was really functional, you know, like, how are you going to excel, like, with – in your sport without a functioning brain, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the brain is the thing that it, you cannot see. So, I like, it – I I forgive the oversight of the brain, but it's, you know, like it also just feels a little bit unfair to you (laughs) because I, I, you know, like I think it's, um, it's easy to think. And we all know this, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have had this a lot, but like people assume that you look fine and you're walking and talking that there's nothing wrong with your brain. But for me, and I don't know if you felt this way, Hannah, but Um, I recovered, my brain recovered pretty quickly and that is all, you know, like that's in the scheme of things, not that quickly, but, (laughs) but, um, in hindsight, I thought I was better before I was actually better. And I was pushing myself to do things that I, in like, now that I look back on it, I'm like, why was I going back to work so early? Why, you know, why was I trying to socialize so much? Um, so yeah, that's
0: kind of rough. I completely understand that. I think there's things that people can't understand. And I don't think it's like that they're doing anything wrong. We are visual people. Like we can't see Mm -hmm. it. Like my knee, it's easy. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. Um, but with my head, I don't know if it was the same for you. Like I would respond so extreme to things. Like I have five younger siblings and during Christmas and stuff, like they're just playing and and kids are loud. And usually I don't even notice it. And it was just so loud. Like it made Mm -hmm. me almost feel ill. Yeah. And how, like, how are people supposed to understand that? Yeah. But It's so stressful. Like I don't understand why I would respond so extreme. And it's a little bit what you're saying too, is I didn't even realize that my emotional responses to things were extreme until, until now. And now I look back, I'm like, that was a little out of, like, right range of response. Like, I'm a little too stressed by that or a little too angry about that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just all my emotions were very dramatic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we've learned through the podcast, which I don't know that I would have learned any other way, is that those reactions are often the result of many different things. It's like, you know fatigue of the eye fatigue of the brain hormones i mean there's so many things involved the brain is such a complicated organ um so it makes sense it's just in that moment i totally get it it's like it's not like you've done a ton of research on the brain prior to your brain injury so as you're going through it it's hard to notice when it's happening and also if you do notice you don't have an explanation for it usually so
0: yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i'm a pretty Um, especially in groups. I'm a pretty quiet person and I became much more unfiltered and more combative, like more like, oh, I don't agree with that, which Mm -hmm. isn't my personality. It's mainly the change that's weird to me. Not that I was a horrible person, but just that's not me. I don't really pick fights.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My bleed was... I I had a totally different type of injury. Mine was um, a spontaneous um, subarachnoid hemorrhage, so a different layer of the brain um, that I uh, sustained while I was working out. Like I had no trauma that caused it. But what you're saying, like those extremes and like being a little more argumentative and um, stimulation really, you kind of get overstimulated more and just like, have a totally different response. Like that resonates so heavily with my injury too. Um, Yeah. It's it's amazing what it can do.
0: It's crazy. And I think that it's not only that other people can't see it, I can't see it. So it's hard for me to know, like, is this real? Like, (laughs) am I acting this way because of this head injury? Or is this actually this frustrating or this stressful? I can't, tell. And I think it's really easy to almost dismiss yourself. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm tired. I don't know if I have a headache mm-hmm. because it's, it's so much more vague <laughs> than like yeah. if my yes. knee hurts. That's so obvious. Mm-hmm.
2: I, yes. I completely agree. And then usually if I'm questioning it, then I, I, it's just my personality type, but I tend to push too hard. And then, it's too late sometimes. Cause then I'm, then I get like, no pun intended hit over the head by whatever fatigue it is that I'm feeling. Like I, I exhaust myself because I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. Oh my God. I'm not fine.
0: Yep <laughs> So mm-hmm. yeah. I had the same experience. Like if I could tell myself something, if I could go back, it would be this. As soon as you start to feel tired, just stop mm. because I would always do the same. I would push through because it wasn't, it wasn't actually stopping me yet from doing things. I just felt tired or my head hurt a little bit. And then it would get so bad. Yeah. If you just, you have to stop when you first get those signals and just yeah. be a little kinder to yourself.
2: Yes. Yeah. We agree with that one. If, if I've learned anything through this whole process, and I am one of those people who has not been kind to myself because I'm a little bit of an overachiever. It's like, you know, you're always trying to do better or have some kind of accolade or, you know, be noticed by other people for what you're doing. And that's not always best for you actually. Um, so yeah, I, I'm curious to know, like you're a professional athlete. Do you find that, um, and this might be an assumption on my part, but I've always assumed that professional athletes, the really good ones have that kind of like ability to push themselves um do you think that that has played into like your recovery at all and like the successes or you know tough times in
0: your recovery yes i think probably more than anything else i think it's positive in ways because i'm very uh goal-oriented so if now i can't ski it's like okay my goal is to get better so this is where I need to get and this is the timeline and so this is what I have to do each day and each week and each month. And and so that's really good because I can be very productive, but it's also not good because you, I'm the same as you. I'm a high achiever, so I I kind of am like, no, you're not that tired. You're being mm-hmm. lazy. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just toughen up. Just keep going. And I think that kind of got actually slowed things down mm-hmm. for me just by trying to do too much too early. Yeah, I assume yes. that, like, in your training, you're probably used
2: to pushing yourself really hard. And so that's got to be tough to, like, snap out of that mentality a little bit. Because when, you, when you're recovering from a brain injury, you don't really – it's not best always to do that to yourself, to keep
0: pushing, <laughs> you know? Totally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the association we have with, with giving up or giving into fatigue is a bit negative, as mm-hmm. a high level yeah. athlete, yeah, like, you're supposed to push through it, right? <laughs> you're supposed to be like, "I might be tired, but I can still do this," and, mm-hmm. and that's what helps you move forward when other people would step down. Mm-hmm. and it's a mix of that and talent that makes good athletes. So it's really hard when you've been trained to do that, you've been it's been reinforced that that's a good quality. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to understand that like with a brain, that's not going to make it recover faster if you just push through this.
2: Yeah. 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 I think about the times that I've, so I'm a runner, but I think about the times that I've been like been running a race and been like, if this really hurts, it's really hard, but I will push, you know, like I will put myself into beast mode or whatever you want to call it and like push through the pain and the exhaustion. Um, but yeah, a, a brain injury recovery, not quite the
0: same. <laughs> exactly. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. So you are competing again, right did i did I read that? I think I followed you on Instagram, and I think I saw that you're competing again, right?
0: yeah, I am last this last winter was my first season back, and yeah. it was a little bit weird for everyone because of the pandemic, so a lot yeah, more... double whammy, right <laughs> yeah. It's just been a weird weird uh past year or so for me, and yeah, the pandemic it just adds into it like everything just feels strange. For everyone um so we yeah. had a lot less races and a lot of stuff was canceled which was probably good for me because I don't know if I could have handled a, a whole race season mm-hmm. but I got to do a few and I'm healthy and my body feels good so I feel like things have gone gone really well
2: how was the return to training for you after all that you've been through I mean it must have felt good to be back but it was, must have been kind of strange too
0: yeah, it was it was different than anything I've been through because, yeah, you have to – it's hard when you haven't – you've been at a certain level for so long, and so each year you maybe do a little bit more than the year before, but you never do less. Mm-hmm. And to go, like, cut that into maybe doing a quarter <laughs> feels yeah. really strange. Um, but I think that it went well because I have a really – Really smart coach who understands head injuries, which I think it could have been really dangerous if I didn't. Because yeah. a lot of times he was the one kind of just holding, holding the reins. I often describe it as like I'm like a puppy who just got taken mm-hmm. out for a walk, and he has me on a leash. This puppy's won't pace. That's
2: probably a good. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It speaks. Did to you ever? The... Sorry. Oh, did you ever at any point have anyone who? didn't
0: quite understand what was going on with you in your recovery? Yeah, I, I definitely did. Um, but I think no one more so than maybe myself. Oh. I think that I can't really say there was anyone in my life who was saying, this isn't real. Like, toughen up. You can do this more than my own voice. Oh. <laughs> that would probably be the strongest one that was like, you can – what are you doing? You're not that tired. Get up. Like, um, yeah.
1: So I have to jump in because this seems to be a common theme and it's one that I encounter and I know Mariah too, like just really getting to understand yourself and how your brain functions and learning that line between what's like, what's your ego talking and saying that you need to work harder, push harder, and what's like a real symptom that you need to be mindful of. Um it's an interesting. It's, I don't know. It's just like you said, like with your knee. It's so like you can see your knee is hurting, or you know, you feel it. You know to stop, but your brain. You have to have that awareness because your brain is just such a different animal, and it, it's
2: and uh, we're not really trained to have awareness of it um, until something like this happens. We really just take it for granted.
1: Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I think something, too, that came up for me is I experienced a lot of, like, not diagnosed, but I I don't know how else to describe it other than depression. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt very down at times. And Mm -hmm. that is very different than a knee that maybe aches or is swelling or it can't, doesn't want to do any more strength exercises because you can see your knee and it's very cut and dry. They give you kind of the protocol, what you can do each month and what it's expected to do each month. And you stop if it hurts. And with the brain, it was kind of up and down. I'd feel okay. And then there were periods where I just felt I couldn't sleep and I felt really down. And that is also, you can't see. Yeah. But now that I'm out of it, I'm like, that was so real. Why did Mm -hmm. I even question that? That was... I was really in a in a dark place at times.
2: Yeah. I one hundred
0: percent relate. Yes. It's, yeah.
2: Uh, so my my brain injury, I mean, because I recovered pretty quickly, um, you know, like people just assumed I was totally back to normal. Um, I wa I went through a pretty bad depression phase after my brain injury and I did not connect it with the brain injury. I just was like, Oh well, I'm just feeling really down. Um and I Made the connection because I randomly saw a statistic on social media um, about the, the correlation between brain injury and depression. And I had, like, one of those light bulb moments where I was like, oh, I, I mean, like, I'm a pretty optimistic, positive, like, hardworking, determined person. I was like, this isn't me, what I'm dealing with. It's not me. <laughs> um, and I immediately went to see a therapist because I was like, I shouldn't be, you know, like, feeling like I shouldn't be alive right now. I should, I should be somewhat myself. (laughs) Um, so I I think the mental health side of recovery gets neglected and the more we can shine a light on it, the better, because it is really, really tough, really tough.
1: (laughs) So, and it's hard to not take it as like a personal failing. Like that's how I think, like, like -hmm. you don't, like with a knee, your knee hurts because you did a lot, like you don't, or you're, let me rewind your knee hurts because you had a surgery you don't take that as being a personal failing but when you feel bad and you can't like just pull up the bootstraps and get, just go mm-hmm. then you take that as like oh well then there's something wrong with me and who I am as a person like i don't have it anymore um I, and that yep it's so yeah like it, we we judge ourselves and yeah.
2: We judge ourselves.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah. unfair to ourselves.
0: But yeah, yeah. I think the second, because I started, I have a sports psychologist through the team that I work with and he does a lot of clinical work too. So I started working with him on this like once a week. And the second I was able to just admit that this was happening, I realized I'm like, that's not so bad. Like I wouldn't judge someone else for, yeah. for experiencing those things. And it almost like became an easier thing to carry, even though I still was feeling that way. I was not not hating myself for feeling that way. And so it was like half the burden. It's so yeah. worse if you're depressed and you're beating yourself up for being depressed. That's too much. Yeah.
2: Or not willing to acknowledge it, which is almost, you know, 10 times as bad because yep. you can't get help that way. Um, But yeah, but that's great to hear that you had a resource for that on the team um, kind of built in.
0: Yeah, I think that was really key. um, Because other than that, it was so focused on my knee. And it was getting better really well. And it was moving smoothly. And I didn't have any holdups with my knee. So they would just keep saying, yeah, everything's going great. And I would kind of be like, I don't feel like everything's going great. Like I don't want to get up in the mornings. I can't fall asleep mm-hmm. at night. I don't really want to be around other people. Like something doesn't seem like everything is going so great, but then it's the same thing you're saying. Like I would think that there's something ungrateful about me. It's often the yeah. Like I'm not grateful. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a spoiled brat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's kinda, like
0: you need to that, Yeah.
1: You start beating yourself it's especially, up about
2: it. And it's, it can be especially hard after a pretty significant accident. I don't know if you felt this way, Hannah, I did, but I had so many people who were like, it's amazing you're alive or like you're a miracle or whatever. And I'd be like, well, why do I feel like crap all the time? What? Like, why am I so unhappy right now? Um, it like almost makes it worse because you're like, everybody's telling me I should be happy. What's wrong with me?
0: <laughs> so. Yep. I come I the same thing. Like I kept getting letters and messages and people would message on my Instagram posts and everyone was so good to me so supportive and I was like how is this not enough how isn't because when you're experiencing that like that is good you should be supportive but that doesn't make you not depressed yeah yeah and just
2: someone telling you you're an inspiration does not make you feel like an inspiration it turns out (laughs)
1: right (laughs) I wish it worked that way I know we love the support but it's so hard
2: So Yeah. I'm not saying people should stop being nice at at all. I'm just saying like from the other side, if you're dealing with depression, it just – it feels extra heavy somehow. I can't explain it very well, but yeah.
1: I agree with you though. Um, So Hannah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, where you're a professional athlete – there were a lot of supports in place. Does it take you reaching out to them? Like, or did they kind of recognize that something was different and new and
0: then offer help? Um, there's a lot of things in place. I would say like most things in life, you have to, you have to go get it. Mm. And I think that that's something I've learned This is my sixth year on the ski team. But when I was first on, there was the same amount of resources and I didn't really use any of them. And so I think that is actually (laughs) such an interesting question because that is one of the things I've gotten out of this recovery process is learning to assess what are the resources and how do I ask for them? Um, That's something that can be very hard to do is ask for help Mm-hmm. Even if it's literally there to help you, mm-hmm. it still feels like weird to ask for it, even though that's basically why this person is here for you. And
2: yeah. Amen. It, is, it can be really hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I feel lucky because I had been working with him for about a year before the accident. So I had some relationship with him. I think it would have been harder for me to like start a new relationship or to reach out in that time where I was already, I already knew him and trusted him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it can be so hard, like when you're going through it, to realize even what's abnormal or what's something you could get help for, or that there is help. Like some of us don't even know that the thing you're battling, there is a person that can help you with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So having those yes. good support systems and people in your life that can help, kind of point out like, "Hey, <laughs> this isn't quite right." It's really yeah. helpful.
0: Yes, I I totally agree, and I think something else that's made me realize through this whole process is, I think I'm a bit young, and so I don't fully understand the whole like politics of healthcare. But after going through this and dealing with so I have really good health insurance through my dad, but just dealing with all the appeals and the denials and them fighting and trying not to pay and, and dealing with all that made me realize, what would I have done if I didn't have health uh-huh. insurance? I'd have like a million dollars in medical bills and, and no one to help me. And because I'm on the ski team, I have all these resources as well. And sometimes I think about that. I recently was teaching a ski lesson and one of the clients had fallen and gotten really bad head injury about seven months prior and I could tell something was up and I was thinking but he might not have like a a ski team of resources and people aiding him and that's kind of scary to think about like does everyone have the help that they need that's a very
2: good observation and I I can relate to sort of the spotlight shown on healthcare and the importance of it. I've had healthcare my whole life, but you know, like I, I have often have thought like, what if I didn't, when this happened, what would my family be doing? I, we would be scrambling. I have children. It would be really, really brutal. Um, and also I, I think often about the people who don't have a strong support system at home, you know? Um, people who are there. I mean, it sounds like your, your team experience has sort of a lot of that built in, but like, there are people who live alone. There are, you know, like there are people who aren't connected to their family. There are people who don't have a strong network of friends who would jump in, you know, like in an absence of family to help. That's, that's rough. And also when you're recovering from a brain injury Your brain is healing, so you're really not fully there for yourself. Um, You really need that community, uh, you know, or your support system to to jump in on your behalf because you you're not working with a full, you know, I don't know, you could say it a million different ways, but like a full tank of gas or a full whatever.
0: (laughs) You're not all there truly. (laughs) It's, It's so true. I just think back on how many people helped me and that adds up to so much more than the amount of work I've personally done because I've had like I was living at my grandmother's for a bit on basically on her couch and she's er, refreshing the ice machine and giving me my blood thinning shots and handing me medication and checking in on me and driving me to physical therapy (laughs) there's no way if I lived alone I, I don't even understand what you would do and yeah I think, too, about how I have, like, places like my family's house and my grandparents' house, like, places to live where if I had been paying rent and lost my job, I, I just uh-huh. don't understand. There's no way I could have gone to work. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. I recently had to have a conversation with a family member who was bashing universal health care, and i not even going to get into my own personal opinion on it, but I did have to call out, like, okay, well – What about me when I I had my accident, if I had no health care, would you still be against universal health care in a situation like that where, like, I'm a good person, I work most of the time, but, like, what if I'd lost my job and I had no health care anymore? What then? What would you propose that I do? What would you propose that my family do? (laughs) Um, And that kind of shut them up a little bit, but, (laughs) you know, I, I think in all, at least for me, not only have I been forced to be kinder to myself in all of this but I've also I think learned to be kinder to others and in my opinion of um, what giving to others means
0: so. yes I I really like that I think yeah. it's it's a big theme out of this um, I can feel very independent and I realize that's a f- that I'm falsely independent, like I'm so dependent on all of these other resources, and, and we all are, and we all have a right to that. And mm-hmm. that's something I've thought about a lot through this is because it is, it has been really hard, but I, I've been able to do all this because I have all this support, and I think that in itself is a privilege to have support when you do go through something hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of
2: putting it. Us, Actually, yeah, it reminds us, of our
1: privilege. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, and it reminds us of our um, interdependence. You know how we really all do thrive better when we have the support of others. So as much as we may want to strike out on our own and just be on our own, that we aren't built that way. We need we need greater help.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that, like, you know, even the most introverted folks of us, and I am raising my hand,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) we all have a limit to, you know, like, how much alone we can deal with. So, yeah. I totally agree. So I'm curious to know, Hannah, um, what did you, what were you most surprised by in your recovery process?
0: Um... I think, I think maybe just a lot of these things we've been talking about, just learning a little bit more about myself and becoming more aware of how I treat myself and therefore how I treat others. Because if I'm not able to treat myself with kindness and and understanding, how can I say I'm truly doing that for others? Um, So I think maybe that has been something I've, I've realized is there's, yeah, I, that isn't a very, very good answer. I feel like I should say something really profound right now. and, and <laughs> not... Actually, no, I, I mean, it's I supremely think
1: That learning profound. is pretty
0: profound. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> the fact that you, you know, it's that whole concept of having to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help someone else. Like if you aren't, truly being kind to yourself, then it's a lot harder to be able to give to others. Um, If you're, you know, basically coming from a place of emptiness, you need, you need to be full too, to be able to give.
0: Yes. I think that's a really good point. I think um, that if you are struggling with things yourself, you become very in your own head because you're struggling and you're not quite aware that you're not able to be there for others as much and that's not a crime in any way because not you're struggling sure. but it just shows like that that's why we should get help it's not like we're all foraging this alone um mm-hmm. if you're struggling you, you should get help because not only are you going to feel better you're going to be able to support others in a way you can't when you're when you're compromised in that yeah. way
2: um, you said that your coach is kind of like, um, has you reined in a little bit in terms of your training. Have you found any other coping mechanisms for making sure that you're not pushing too hard or you're taking better physical care of yourself?
0: Um, yeah, I think that I, I have other things that I enjoy doing. And so being involved in other things helps me to have a little more balance I think the combination of having good therapy, good coach, good teammates, good family, that is probably the most impactful in being able to, to handle that and, and take that one step at a time. Um, it's not a perfect journey. There's definitely points where I've just felt like I have, that I've failed, that I'm too far behind, that someone else would, wouldn't still be this hurt. But I think the the support of others and also just taking the time to to think about these things and and learn honestly how how to give back a little bit more too i think there's there's power in that actually
1: mm.
0: yeah I also wonder this
2: is might sound really goofy, but um. So I was a runner prior to my accident. I also had two kids and I just have sort of this like very different take on how my body is going to function, you know, at this point in my life. Um, but I was a runner, a very consistent one prior to all of this craziness. <laughs> um, and I think I told Erin this a couple of weeks ago, I ran the longest distance I had in a really long time. And from my house, there's like, I know where the turnaround point is, you know, It's a a running route that I used to run all the time. And I just haven't been able to since my accident, but I'm in a much better physical place than I have been before. And I, two weekends ago, ran to that turnaround point. And as soon as it came into view, I started getting choked up out on my run. (laughs) It's like, you know, if anybody could see me right now, they probably think I'm the weird crying running lady. <laughs> but it wasn't like sadness. It was just like this appreciation and gratefulness that like my body has been through so much and here I am still doing this. And it might not be fast and it might not be pretty, but I'm still out here trying. Um have you ever had moments like that where you're just like, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting or maybe no. it's just I'm in a different place in my journey. But <laughs> That, but how do you feel now about, like, what your body is able to do and, um, yeah.
0: Yes, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've experienced is, yeah, When sometimes I don't even see it coming. Like, the first time I could walk without crutches, it's, like, super slow and in a bit of a limp. But there's this powerful feeling of when you've had that taken away for a mm-hmm. while how important that is Mm -hmm. and I remember the first time I got to put skis on again was in October so almost a year after but wow that must have felt like a long year for you yes it was it's a long year of sleeping in brace and and all this therapy every day and I remember like it snowed. So our team was going up and I was cleared to ski and I didn't really think much of it when I was heading it up. And then when I was like putting my skis on, I I started to cry (laughs) And with my team. So I'm like, what is happening? Why am I crying now? I didn't even think it was a big deal. But yeah, you have this realization that this isn't something you're entitled to. This is, this is a gift and this is special just to be able to ski, um, to be with your teammates to do what you do. I feel like I've had a lot of that. And the other thing that I you reminded me of is just a a better ability to appreciate things even if they're not perfect. I'm yes. a bit of a perfectionist, so uh-huh. you're in good company. Yeah. With perfectionism <laughs> Both of us around are. <laughs> here. We're bad. <laughs> so you understand it's like if I plan to to do a three hour workout and I do a two-hour and 40-minute workout, it's like my whole day is ruined because I failed. There's no no ability to see you did a two-hour and 40-minute workout still. That's not nothing. Mm -hmm. And now through this, because I've had to reassess and do what I'm capable of each step, I'm way more easy on myself. So if I am tired one day and I don't do my whole strength routine and maybe I do three-quarters of it, that doesn't ruin my day. I go, you know what, I still did three-quarters of it. And I did it well, and, and that's what I had today. It's a good day, yeah, and that's a new that's, thing for me.
1: Yeah, me too. Because I, I've, I've me always, too.
0: <laughs> and, and I still,
1: I continually learn this every day. Because I always want to default to this like mindset of, oh, you need to do more, you need to check more boxes, you didn't do enough. But flipping the mantra to, I look at all I did, like. You know, and it just it puts such a more positive spin on everything, and just
0: kind of uplifts you. Um, Exactly. It's it's exactly what you're saying. It's look what I did instead of what did I not do that was on my list or what I expected because you can always do that. You could work all day and still be like, I didn't do enough, and I I've Mm -hmm. been in that most of my life, and now I might maybe able to turn a little bit and go, okay, you got all your schoolwork that was done today you you called your grandmother and you played with your brother and you did both your workouts like and you ate a healthy meal good day like let's, yeah. let's leave it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
1: let's celebrate, celebrate what
0: you can do honestly i think that that
2: is a struggle for so many brain injury survivors like the constant measurement against who they were prior to their brain injury and i understand because i've been there and i i've done that to myself over and over and over again um but at a certain point, you have to let go a little and realize that, like, you you can't necessarily use that as a standard. Some days it'll happen, some days not, and you got to be okay with it. Um, and they're still good in who you are, regardless of whether you hit that, you know, standard or not. So,
0: yes. yeah. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, I feel it with... Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, keep going yeah I was just gonna say another area I've really experienced that is just with my expectation of what my body should look like mm. it's as an athlete, it can be such an unattainable image because i'm I'm very healthy and I could still feel horrible about how I look or that I need to improve things or be stronger or all these things it can just never end and after the injury, I like. I lost so much muscle, and I basically, I, I didn't even look like myself for a bit, and I couldn't even worry about that, and it was just almost like a reset, mm-hmm. and now, when I would see myself after the injury, and I'd lost like almost 20 pounds, and I just don't look as healthy, I all I wanted was to be healthy again. I was like, how was I so unsatisfied with my body when I was so well like nourished, and and so healthy that I could like survive a car accident. Yeah. Um, I just want that. And I think that has been a big shift for me too, is a focus more on, I want to be healthy, but I don't need to like pick on every little thing about myself.
2: Yeah. That's right in line with the, you know, kindness to oneself learning, I think is, um, the visual too. Yeah, it's interesting. After I left the hospital, I think I lost like twenty pounds within, you know, a week or two. I was real thin. Like I I had to buy a couple new pairs of clothes because I wasn't fitting in my old clothes. And yeah. I had somebody like jokingly say to me, like, Oh, I wanna go on the brain injury diet. You look great. And I, I just remember being like, What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? I would gladly take. I mean, like I've never been one of those people who's like terribly unhappy with my weight. I've always been pretty healthy, but like I would gladly take those twenty pounds back. You know, like <laughs> not to not to be feeling the way I am, or as I was also very weak. Like I, I, I'm not a professional athlete, and I had even lost a lot of muscle just from
1: mm-hmm.
2: inactivity and having to sleep all the time. But yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, your brain is so highly metabolic that when there's an injury, it takes every like everything your body has just to support your brain. So it burns up everything, um, and yeah. it it takes a bit to get that back. Um, but Hannah, you're you're Definitely. really reminding me how important it is to just look at what you do have. Um, this is a big theme. Like even with our bodies, like let's look at what we do have we do have the ability to start working out and to feel better and to get nourished and to get stronger. And by focusing on that, it helps bring on more of what we want. When we focus on kind of that, what we don't have, you're kind of putting yourself in that like energy field, like, and just keeping yourself stuck.
0: I totally understand how you're wording that is really good. It's, it's okay. It's not about denying things that you're maybe unhappy with or want to improve. It's more of having a better perspective on where you're starting from and that everything you do have isn't just there by accident. It could, it could be taken away and it's, but it's there. and It's something to take care of and cherish.
2: Yeah. Do you have any, um, like I, I don't have too many lingering issues with, pedestrian crosswalks or cars, but I am a lot more aware of them than I once was. Do you have any PTSD stuff or?
0: Yeah, I, I understand that what you're saying about being more aware, like Hmm. it definitely takes a lot more energy for me to be somewhere where there's lots of cars and crosswalks and stuff. I, I can do it, but I'm, I'm so vigilant. Like I'm very, very alert. It's not like a relaxing walk for me anymore like I'm kind of exhausted after I I get yeah um yeah yeah and then I noticed things like it was much worse in the beginning where if someone like runs even like one of my little brothers like runs past me on the side of my vision I'll often get jumped or or startled Hmm. um I was watching a show the other day and this woman was on the sidewalk and a biker went by and it hit her arm and she was mm. fine. It just kind of nicked her arm. But just the speed of the hit and, like, the sound, like, my heart rate went up. And yeah. I, yeah um, I
2: can relate to that for sure. I, I definitely, like, I'm jumpier. <laughs> yep,
0: jumpier. I yep, just jumpier.
2: Stumbled. I've also become I, one of those – old ladies in a younger lady's body who like if I see cars like blow through a stop sign where there's a crosswalk or like I'm the person who like either gives them really dirty looks or will even like sometimes yell like (laughs) like, I can't control it it's just like I'm like really (laughs) angry it's just bad but I can't if I'm like this now I don't even know what I'm gonna be like at 80 but
1: (laughs) I hear you like every little headache yeah. for me, I'm questioning. I'm like, is this uh, is this okay? Mm. Like, is this an okay headache? Yeah. Is this not? Is this gonna turn into something horrible? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just it yeah. yeah, it changes your awareness.
2: One for of better the like, worrying effects for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mostly it's, mostly weird. Right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> for better, worse, or for weird, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um I don't want to close this down if you felt like you had anything additional you wanted to add. I have one last question. Yeah? Okay. Hannah,
2: do you have, like, if you could give yourself a piece of advice um, for, like, when you were in the thick of your recovery, what would it be?
0: I think it would probably be something really simple. Something about having, just figure out what, what you can be grateful for today and what you can do today and if you can accomplish both those things that's enough
2: that's enough
0: I, I love, love it. it that's awesome <laughs> so for anyone wanting to
1: follow Hannah Halverson um, she does have an Instagram account it's at Hannah dot G Halverson and um, as we mentioned she is um, on the Olympic cross country ski team so um, you can certainly follow her there and see how she's doing. So thank you, everybody. Hannah,
2: we'll be cheering you on. Thank Keep you. The good work. Thanks absolutely. for having me on. This was really nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: So this is Erin with my co-host Mariah signing out.
2: Bye. Hey, everyone. In case you're wondering what Erin and I do for a living, it's not podcasting. I work in marketing, Erin's a nurse, and this is just a side project that we love.
1: We really do enjoy doing this, and we've enjoyed being part of the community and building up a group of listeners. You guys probably don't even realize how much you help us out uh, just by supporting us. If you were looking to do a little bit extra Uh, We would love to have your ratings on Apple or whichever podcasting service that you use.
2: Or if you hear us talk about a product on the podcast, we do include those links to Amazon in our show notes on our website. Your purchase after you click on the link just gives us a tiny little kickback. Nothing much, but it helps us pay our bills.
1: And if you are thinking, well, this isn't enough, we want to do a little bit more on our website at www.makingheadwaypodcast.com. We have a donation page. Any proceeds we receive, we give 10% to our favorite brain injury nonprofit of the moment. So if you are looking to do a little bit more, that would be a great way to support us. Again, we appreciate you guys oh so much.
2: Thanks so much for your time and your ongoing support. We love our listeners and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at South Heart Studios.
1: Sunrises across the ocean.